So you have to like backwards engineer. Once you kind of have figured out what you want, you have to reverse engineer, well, what kind of person are they looking for? And how do I become that kind of person? Which is kind of changing you, right? Otherwise, if you were perfect in your current state, then somebody would come and find you. Life is going great until one day you're out of work. No matter how it happened, you need to find a new job, pronto. The problem is, no one ever taught you how to navigate the ever-shifting and ever-changing wasteland of applying for a job in the modern market. I'm Rob Conlon, and here on Recruiting Hell, I help people get jobs. I'm on a mission to help educate 10,000 job seekers on the best ways to get hired in the modern job market. No matter your field, this show is designed to help you level up your job hunting game and escape the many circles of recruiting hell. Step into my studio and let's get you the hell out of here. This episode of Recruiting Hell is generously supported by our friends at CoinList, one of the fastest growing companies in the cryptocurrency space. CoinList is hiring. Visit www.coinlist.co slash jobs to apply. Tell them Rob sent you. Hello and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. Over the past year, we've talked about the ins and outs of LinkedIn and how important it is to your job search. We've gone over networking, interaction with others, getting started, and we've probably gotten to a point where I think we need a bit more expertise on how LinkedIn actually works and why it works. Now, as many of you might know, LinkedIn worked like crazy for me back in January when I landed my job with Sweetfish Media producing podcasts for a living. It's a combination of the networking process as well as the portfolio project of this show, which honestly now has become a passion project more than anything, that really helped me climb out of my own recruiting hell, hence why I'm continuing the show. It's something I want to make sure is templatable for you into the future as well, my dear listener. And that's, again, the purpose of this show. So to help us dig deeper into LinkedIn today and help you out, Dan Sanchez is joining us. Dan is kind of a marketing genius and has also been a great friend of the show with a bit of consulting in the past, but he's also host of the smash hit podcast, B2B Growth. And Dan, it's fantastic to have you on the show. A warm welcome to you, my friend. I'm so stoked to be on the show, man. I usually just get to talk about marketing to other marketers, um, but a lot of that same stuff applies to job seekers. So I'm excited to kind of have a format to talk about what I've learned in the marketing space and how it applies to ev- your audience for the show. Well, again, we're super thankful that you're here. I think the one thing, though, Dan, is a number of folks are thinking, so, Rob, why did you bring a guest on that deals like businesses to talk about LinkedIn? And to those people, I would say, because Dan understands both sides of the LinkedIn equation. Dan, you use LinkedIn like like a fiend every single day, and you have like 30,000 some followers or something like that and thousands upon thousands of connections. And if you ever were to be on a job hunt, you could leverage that to find your next big opportunity. So Dan, I want to start with this. In past episodes, we've gone over the basics of LinkedIn and other guests have talked about that. And for reference listeners, please head to episodes 32 and 26. We talk a significant amount about kind of the building blocks of LinkedIn. But Dan, when it comes to talking about and taking a LinkedIn profile and making it something that's kind of visible in the big ocean of LinkedIn, where do you start? That's a really good question. Uh, It's funny. I was just talking to a friend, a neighbor, and a good friend of mine who honestly just hates his job right now. 
Oh, the poor guy. And he's asking me about like LinkedIn. He's like, well, you're into LinkedIn. Tell me about it. I'm like, well, first, before we do anything, before we optimize your profile, before we talk about what to post, before we talk about who to connect to, we got to figure out what the heck you want. <laughs> so you hate your current job. Okay. We've been talking about this for a while, but we got to figure out like, what do you want? You know, you, you could take the route of like applying to a lot of places, but it's hard to optimize and get in front of the right people. And we don't even know who the right people are yet. And that becomes one of the hardest parts is not having clear goals in mind. And this happens in marketing all the time, but it certainly happens for applying to jobs is what kind of industry do you want to work in? Do you want to stay in the same city? What size of a company do you want to work for? What's ideal? Do you want to work uh, in, in marketing? I often talk about in-house marketing or, or uh, an agency being out of your the companies. Um, in your industry, it might look a little bit different. What are the different kinds of roles and which role is ideal for you? But taking some time to actually sit down and think through and writing it out on paper is probably the best time you could spend just getting clear on what your goals are because then all the extra LinkedIn stuff will help. But if you go into LinkedIn, no matter how well you execute all the goals or all the tips and tricks and strategies I might share on this podcast. None of it's going to work if you're not clear on who you want to get in front of and what kind of job you want. Got it. So first step, like you said, get clear on what you're actually looking for. And you mentioned something in there, Dan, that I think is a word that we throw around a lot in uh, maybe not on this show, but a lot of people say, Oh, optimize your LinkedIn profile. How? And what, what does that mean? And, and how do you do it? Like, where do you start? Sure. Well, there's very popular advice out there that I passionately disagree with, and uh, a lot of people are going to hate me for it. No, and I've take. gone on Love record saying Come this on. before, so I'm just going to say it. Um, a lot of people say, just be you, and I'm like, no, don't just be you. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're looking at me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that, but it's true. You don't want to just be you, because honestly... I don't even know why people say that because it's not really helpful. You're like, well, okay, but nobody's hiring me. You're like, well, it's you were doing the thing, but now we have to change part of you or something about the way you're currently doing things in order to stand out, right? And that's what we're trying to do. So you have to like backwards engineer. Once you kind of have figured out what you want, you have to reverse engineer, well, what kind of person are they looking for? And how do I become that kind of person? Which is kind of changing you, right? Otherwise... If you were perfect in your current state, then somebody would come and find you. But we're not that yet, and that's okay right. because we're all want to, we all want to be a better version of ourselves, right? And, of course, you want to be true to, like, you know, the parts that are innate to you. Everyone has a unique and sweet personality in a way that makes you you, right? And I'm not saying you sure. have to change everything, but there's some parts that, you know, we probably want to change. Um, so when it comes to pr changing and optimizing your profile – it's about reverse engineering what people are looking for in the role and also adding a little bit about you that's unique because as a someone who's hired many people from LinkedIn, and I honestly do look at LinkedIn. I don't look at paper resumes. If someone sends me a, a PDF resume in the email, I just laugh. I'm like, shoot me your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> um, maybe it's just because I'm a millennial, but I, I hire solely from LinkedIn and I, I'm, I'm always irritated if someone sends me a paper one. I'm like, uh, link to LinkedIn, pro, please. Because um, LinkedIn gives me more information. I can scan it really quickly as a as a manager. If I want to just get the facts, I kind of know where your experience is and I can go and read it. But it's so nice to be able to jump into the links you put there to give me context of the stuff you've worked on in past jobs, uh, things you've written, articles, your personal blog, at, at all the different recommendations underneath. If I really like you, 
or I'm really looking into you as an applicant, I read all of it. <laughs> but I'm also that kind of hiring okay. manager that would like to interview you for like three or four hours. So just be, <laughs> just know that I'm that manager that will literally turn over every stone, which is good for the people who have a hard time interviewing. Cause I will find out that you're actually gold. And even if you're bad at interviewing, but that's great to optimize your profile. Again, you have to figure out what they're looking for and then kind of reverse engineer that they're like, Oh, what are the kind of people that I think would get this job who would outshine me? What do they have? What have they done? What have they seen? What could I look at your pro look at the profile and be like, are there things I could be shooting for if I have free time? Could I start write blogs? Could I produce LinkedIn articles? What would tell them that I know this stuff? And honestly, I'd say actually producing content becomes one of those big differentiating factors. If you have a portfolio of content just through posts or articles you've written, maybe even just posting uh, and highlighting articles you've written elsewhere on WordPress or Medium or something and posting those to your profile that are relevant to the jobs you're trying to get. As a as someone who has hired people off of LinkedIn, I look at all of those. Got it. Okay, so and you know, for folks, sometimes you know, it, it, we want to make sure that folks are not inundated with like I tell people don't don't build, go build a podcast, go build a thing that makes sense to you. So I, I think there's a lot there no matter who you are, Dan, to say, if you're looking to use LinkedIn in the best way, you have to contribute to it in some way, not just by filling out your name and what you've done with yep. your with your life so far, but you have to put something out there for other people to kind of like bite on, I suppose. Is that correct? I mean, if we're just talking about profile optimization and not engaging with the platform and I'm just right. sending people my LinkedIn profile, you don't have to engage, you don't have to put it on LinkedIn necessarily. You like if you're if you're a baker and you want to work at a bakery or whatever, then I'm hoping that when I go to your LinkedIn profile, I'm going to see links to recipes you've made or pictures of cakes you've baked or whatever it is that you specialize in. I want to see evidence. It's almost like a place where you have like a portfolio in a sense. And not everybody has something visual, but you have something right. thinking. You have projects you've worked on before. How can you document those? Almost any job can have a case study or a story or something that kind of highlights what happened beyond increased revenue 10% or whatever you it is you accomplished. Tell me about that. How did you do that? Break it down. Make a, make a video. Like post it, post it to YouTube. Even if no one watches the video, you could still post it to LinkedIn. I got a couple of those. Um, it, it helps you stand out a lot if I'm evaluating you as an applicant. Got it. Okay. So that's interesting. And again, the optimization, reverse engineering, getting to the the point of what the hiring manager potentially wants to see. That's that's excellent. Okay. So tons of usable stuff there, listeners. Please, by all means, hit the feel free to hit the back button a couple times. A lot of gold there. So Dan, you spend a ton of time on LinkedIn, from what I know. From what I know. In the early phases of building your outreach to other people on the platform, that networking, what does that look like? And how much time are you spending there? What what are you talking to people about? Yep. I kind of look at LinkedIn. There's like three levels of using LinkedIn. There's mm -hmm. just setting up and optimizing a profile and then just using it as a resume. And that's fine. A lot most people do that. They set it up and make it attractive. That's what we just talked about, making your profile attractive to potential employers. That's the minimum you can do, you know, put good sure. stuff on it. The second part, second phase you can do is at least syndicate content there. Maybe you're posting to Twitter and you're just throwing it on LinkedIn. Just be posting content there. That's a level up. That's like another level of people. They're literally, and companies do it all the time. They just syndicate content there. They're not really engaging with anyone. They're not really answering people in the comments. They're not really writing content just for LinkedIn, but at least they got something. It's active. That would be like level two. But if you want to go to like level one and be 
in the top percentage of people who are really utilizing LinkedIn, then this is what I did. And I was, I was like level three, two, like (laughs) until spring of last year, close, almost, almost a year ago. Um, when I started working with Sweetfish and James kind Mm -hmm. of opened my eyes to what LinkedIn could be. And I was, I was sold and now I've been going hard at it ever since. The first thing I did was I just made a commitment to post every day for 60 days. Um, Sangram uh, Vajri is the one I saw his post. He's like, just, I've been doing it for years, but trust me, just post every day for 60 days. It will change everything for you. I was like, okay, it makes sense. It's hard to build up the initial momentum. It's hard to build a habit. A lot of people say habits formed over fifty, like 21 days. I'm like, nah, 60 days is a much better goal. If you have to write every single day and show up, you start getting, it starts becoming easier. Just like lifting weights or running isn't easy the first time you do it. But on run 60 or day 60 of lifting weights, uh, it's probably going to be a lot easier, right? So you have to almost set a commitment to posting every single day in order to make it to the point where you actually it isn't like a whole burden because posting and creating content is really difficult at the beginning. I know I set out to write a blog 10 years ago and like procrastinated and I probably wrote like four blog posts and then I still struggle to blog consistently now. It's just hard to make content. Yeah. So making a goal is really helpful. Um, And then in connecting with active users is probably the next biggest thing. Like finding not just people you want to connect with. I mean, connect with hiring managers for sure. You know, if you know they're working at a job and you know that person's likely to make the decision on who's hiring for the position you want to work for, go connect with them. Otherwise, connect with people in your industry or at the companies you want to work with who are actively posting. You can go and check out their activity um, on their profile. There's like a hidden link where you can actually like find all the posts or things they're engaging with. Find the people who are actually active um, and see what they're they're posting. I actually stalk some people (laughs) specifically (laughs) to get on their radar. Um, for, for me, it's prospective buyers, but also people I just want to be, I want to be buds with, you know, people I want, I want to know and be known by, I go and find them and just have links in my Chrome browser. And I just go straight to that part of their profile to see what they've posted recently. Uh, unfortunately, it's not like YouTube where you can like click the bell and get a notification every time they post. Right. Um, so you have to go and stalk them and that's fine. So find the people who are active, stock a few that are like the most important to you. And then I, I honestly send connection requests to, at the beginning, I send about 50 connection requests every single day for months. Wow. For months. I did okay. not, and, the, and I never wrote personal messages. I just clicked connect, not follow. I would, if they're, fo- if it just says follow, if it has a little follow button, just go to the little dot, dot, dot more button, then the yeah. connect button's buried. They've prioritized that follow button. You should too. That's a whole nother conversation about why you should change the connect button to follow, but that's for another time. Um, so connect with 50 people a day, but don't connect with just anyone connect with people who are specifically responding to other people's posts in the comments, because those are going to be the people who are already active and are more likely once they say yes to your connection request are going to respond to your posts. But if Got you connect with a bunch of people who only log into LinkedIn every six months, well, they're not going to show up and engage with your content, are they? Right. So you not want to pe- connect with people who are in your industry and are actively engaging in other people's comments. Where to find them is you find the influencers in that industry. For me, Chris Walker is a big one, right? In the marketing space, mm-hmm. in the B2B marketing space, everyone knows Chris Walker. He gets tons of comments on every single post he does. And he posts at about uh, 8 a.m. my time every morning. So I show up at 8 a.m., I go to his post, 
I try to leave a really good comment. <laughs> and then I go, and at the end of that day, I go and connect with everybody else who's, uh, who's engaged with this post. Been wow. Okay. Almost a year. So I'm going to pause you on that for a second. So you're finding the people. I, I want to review this. because You're finding the people who are movers and shakers in what you want to do. So listener for your industry or whatever it might be, you're finding out when they are posting generally sometime in that, you know, for you, it's the eight to nine o'clock hour for this guy or whatever it might be. And then you are building a decent sized comment of, 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 something that's meaningful that contributes to the conversation. And then at the end of the day, you're going back and you're connecting to every single person on that post. Almost all of them. There's some people I skip Holy. over because they look like creepers or just whatever. You just know you're not going to like that person. So I, I skip some or, if, or if their, their industry is just completely unrelevant to mine. They're, they're an owner of a beauty salon which I'm not in that industry at all. So I'm like, I'm not connecting with that person. It's kind of like, doesn't make sense. But most of them, because I've already targeted Chris Walker as someone who other people like me and who I want to sell to, uh, is an influencer of most of the people in the comments are relevant to me. So I'm interesting with them all. After a while, if you do that long enough, you'll have connected with almost all the people that are engaging with that person regularly. Wow. Okay. So lots to listen to there folks and make sure that you, you do, if you want to do kind of LinkedIn, I'm going to call yeah. it hard mode here, if you will, but I think it's it's definitely something that for a job seeker, this yeah. could bring you so many opportunities to to tie into people and be like, hey, we like this same thing. And of course, once you get that, that conversation going, I mean, I'm living proof of that. The past year, the reason you and I are talking, Dan, is because we basically did, I did a very small yeah. scale version of that myself before, you know, I realized it was like yeah. templatable, which is awesome. This approach also goes hand in hand if you start a podcast, which honestly, I feel like starting a podcast is more important than doing LinkedIn. It'll just get you access to the hiring manager wow. faster. Yeah. Really? And I'm a big fan of LinkedIn and doing both together is even better. But um, like if you wanted to get someone on your podcast who was an influencer who you didn't think would give you the time to be mm -hmm. on it, um, uh, you can, you're definitely going to get there if you're engaging with their content on LinkedIn every day. Um I did this with Austin uh, Belsack, who has probably 700,000 followers on LinkedIn. Yeah, he's big. I think is his last count. Um, but I was showing up on his content every day for two months, writing a very, the best comment I could for every single post. He's actually kind of outside my industry, but I liked him. I liked, He had great stuff to say, and I liked the kind of people that were engaging with him. So I was just showing up every day. Naturally, he got to know me, <laughs> right? I was showing up every day. We were having a little chat every day. So when I sent him a private message... Um, and asked him to be on the podcast, he said, absolutely. Right. I've been adding value to his freaking posts for two months. <laughs> so it was a no brainer. Of course he said yes. And then I interviewed him on B2B growth. Um, and he, honestly, even though B2B growth is a big podcast, right, I could have interviewed him on a nothing podcast. He would have said yes. That he is, told me so. Like, that's incredible. uh, when you're showing up and adding value that much provided, it's not like super celebrity, like the rock, you know? Those, that he would be hard to get a hold of. But oh, yeah. for most other people, like the people you want to get a hold of, CEOs, CMOs, VPs, like VPs, like whoever, you're, whoever your hiring managers are, they're definitely going to say yes to being on a podcast. But you probably don't even have to, for most people, you don't have to go through that length. You could literally reach out to them cold and invite them to be on a podcast. They're usually going to say yes. It's so funny because I usually tell people, don't go start a podcast, but maybe 
just maybe there is some <laughs> something on the other side. Oh, of that have you not covered unit. this topic on the podcast on this well, show? Well, not yet? exactly. It's one of those oh, things man. where I I always want to recognize that everybody has a variety of strengths, and I know that my strength was communication, so that's why I started this show. But I, you know, I've always said, you know, you may not be a podcaster, but you know, Dan, you have a, have a great point there. That I, I, I don't know if we if I'm allowed to switch modes from LinkedIn and talk about podcasting for a minute, but. Hey, listeners, we're going to take a quick break here for some of the business side of running a podcast. These sponsors not only believe in this show, but they may have a product, service, or even an open position that can help you end your job hunt. Give them a listen and drop by their websites in thanks for their help in supporting this show and your work search. Hey, folks, it's Rob. A lot of times on this show, we talk about the power of networking to find a job. Well, networking is exactly how we wound up partnering with our newest sponsor, CoinList. So you're asking yourself right now, Rob, what is CoinList? Well, CoinList is a San Francisco and New York City-based technology company that provides investors with access to the most cutting-edge investment opportunities in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space. On CoinList, investors can access the best new crypto tokens before they list on other crypto exchanges, and it pays to be early in crypto. Now, right now, they have two special offers for listeners of Recruiting Hell. The first, as a Recruiting Hell listener, you'll earn $10 of Bitcoin when you create an account and trade at least $100 worth of assets on the CoinList trading platform. That's right, you heard me, free Bitcoin. Just visit www.coinlist.co slash Recruiting Hell to get started. The second is something that could end your time in Recruiting Hell altogether. CoinList is hiring you heard me right. CoinList could be your next great opportunity for work. Excited about cryptocurrency? Got a passion for technology? Find CoinList's open positions today at coinlist.co slash jobs. That's coinlist.co slash jobs. And when you do, be sure to tell them Rob sent you. We're back. A big thank you to our sponsors for their offerings as well as you for considering them. On with the show. I was going to say, like, if you want to get access to the hiring manager and press them like none other, start a podcast, name it after the type of people who are doing the hiring. So if you know it's the director of operations, generally making the decision, call it the director of operations show. Literally call it the director of operations. Just put their job title and throw the word show at the end. Start a free podcast on Anchor and use a, get a Zoom account and um, in, interview a couple of your friends for the first couple of episodes and then just start mass reaching out to those people in the industry you want to work in and just send them a message. Hey, would love to talk to you about what you're doing at XYZ Corp, director of operations. I'm on a mission to learn all I can about this role. Interesting. And, and I'd love to the... highlight your your wins. It, it, nice if you can personalize it a little bit yeah. because you looked at the LinkedIn, you saw that they posted recently about this win they had or this thing they did or whatever. And you'd be like, hey, I'd love to interview about that. Then the the percentage of people saying yes will go up even higher. But generally, even just cold outreach, even if you copy and pasted a simple message saying, hey, would love to interview on a podcast called this and it's about their job, their thing, they're going to say yes. I I got asked by a 19-year-old recently, or a college student, maybe a 20-year-old, um, recently to do an interview for his, his YouTube channel. And I was like, absolutely. Pretty sure I know I, who that I is. looked at his YouTube channel ahead of it. He had like 
two, three views on each on each YouTube video. So it mm-hmm. wasn't about the views, but I'm like, this kid stand at, stood out so much, even though his resume is like thin. He's a college student in his first entry internship job. I don't know, um, but it'll stand out. It's the honestly, James James would agree. Ask James like this is going to be the fastest way to landing a job is starting a podcast and interview the all the hiring managers. Interesting. That's that is far out. Again, I didn't know that that was maybe the answer here, which is just just unbelievable. So, I want to step back to LinkedIn for a moment okay. with the <laughs> no, you're, and you're fine, and I'm really glad you said that, Dan, because it's yep. it's something that it may not be right fit for everybody. It's not the way; it's a way, and, that's, and that, that's absolutely great. So, the one thing I really want to talk about was was the scaling of your time on LinkedIn. So you you've got tons of people posting on your stuff and they obviously are taking value from you professionally in some way, shape or form because you're giving value to them in the post. How do you scale your LinkedIn presence? So let's say you do this and you start to get a little bit of a following, which is kind of where I'm at right now. How do you not just get overwhelmed by your day, just spending it all in your phone with notifications like, Oh, so-and-so replied to your post. I got to go type to him and uh, she replied this and I got to type to her. How do you do that? (laughs) There's a couple of little things you can do Mm -hmm. um, that save time. Like, for example, there's a whole settings section in LinkedIn where you can turn off every notification um, other than the most important ones, which is at mentions and replies to comments. That's the only ones I keep on. Really? Um, And I turn off everything else. I don't care if someone likes a post. That means nothing. And it's not like that person's looking for me to, like, give them a high five for liking a post, right? So I turn off every single notification and my my app on my phone. That's the only social media app I have on my phone because I got rid of the rest of them. Um, I, I make sure that even with the other ones, messages, anything, I never get the little red number on that the app on my phone. I'm logging in there all the time anyway, but I never want it to be a distraction during family time or whatever. So that's just a practical thing you can do. Another thing you can do is batch your content creation. Um, I... I it's when you're creating every day, you start to run out of ideas. So what you do is you're always looking for ideas, but you don't have to feel the pressure of having to write it the moment you get inspired. So I keep a running list on Evernote called LinkedIn ideas. Um, and I just throw, as I'm walking through the mall and I see a display that has some interesting marketing thing that I'd like, I just take a little note on Evernote. And then once I've accumulated all those notes, I have a set time every week where I sit down and I write out all my content based on those ideas. So I'm not starting from scratch. I had the idea. I review all my ideas and then I write out all my posts and then I, um, and then I actually post them manually. You could use something like Hootsuite to post them. Um, but I've been posting them manually straight to the app. Um, I was actually going to ask you if you used Evernote over and I use, <laughs> I, I do it with the mobile phone. Um, it's almost all mobile for me. That's um, impressive. So building systems and processes like that so that you build, make a habit of it. Um, that, and I would say that there are seasons for going all in and giving every spare moment you can for weeks and your growth will go up. And there are seasons to kind of wind down for a little bit. The cool thing about LinkedIn is kind of like you, unlike YouTube where you have to kind of deliver every week, LinkedIn, yeah. gosh, you could take a couple of weeks off. People say consistency is the king, but I'm like, screw that. Like I can wind it up and wind it down as I need to. <laughs> Like really? when you wind it down, just expect that you're just not going to grow your, your, your connection, your follower accounts, just not going to grow that much during that month or whatever. You can wind it back up. And it's not like anybody's, most people don't even notice when you don't post for a while. Right. Cause it's, there's so much other stuff flowing at them anyway. Right. It's always going. It's not like, 
Yeah. But if you wanted to wind it back up and start engaging with other people's posts a lot, then you, you can get back. So you can always go back to what you had before. Neat. Now, it, it, man, it dovetails really nicely into my, the next question I had for you here. LinkedIn has an algorithm. We've talked about that social media has algorithms on this show before. For sure. What makes LinkedIn's algorithm, like, exploitable for folks that want a job, that are looking for a job? Gosh, so exploitable. And it's not like you're like you're hacking the system, but compared to other social media apps, LinkedIn has more ways to get found and discovered than any other social media app that I've seen, especially from the ground level. YouTube is also really good with discoverability, but it takes a certain amount of like it's almost like you have to really put in like fifty videos and a lot of work to even get to the point where you can start the machine machine churning. LinkedIn, yes. you can kind of get it churning on day one if you know what you're doing. I could literally start with a brand new profile today with one connection and build it up um, systematically again. YouTube's harder, um, but with LinkedIn, it's the only platform that I've seen that rewards you for engaging with other people's content. That's not true of Instagram. It's somewhat true of Facebook, but Facebook's so hard to work nowadays that unless you're in a group, it just doesn't work. <laughs> um, and it's not true with YouTube, and it's not true with Twitter. But on LinkedIn, you get rewarded for engaging in other people's posts. So like and comment, specifically comment, on as many other people's posts as you can. And this does a couple of things for you. One, if there's substantial comments and that their post gets seen by a lot of people, you could be the top comment and get seen by a lot of other people. As a lot of people will read a post and then go to the comments for more content because it becomes right. a conversation. Very common on LinkedIn with good posts. Um, so you get discovered by people there in their posts. And if you write your little byline, which floats right underneath your name, you can make it really clear how you add value to companies. And I would actually, I would actually tweak that statement. That's probably like one piece of real estate that's really important. So if they never see your profile, they can know what you do. And I would write it like, I help XYZ companies do X. I would write it in that format. In Sweetfish right. Employees, we all have to write ours to be, we help B2B brands. What is it? Produce podcasts or something like yeah. that. Is so that's our company positioning podcasts. statement or value proposition. Mm -hmm. um, and that's good. But if you're job hunting, then I would change it to how you add value to brands. And that's going to stand out to people who might be hiring and looking at that. I know I look at those all day to see the context of who's in the conversation, right? So you're getting seen there. But also you're priming the pump to get found by that person later on. And anybody who interacts with your comment, which is why you want to leave a good comment, is the more people are interacting with you in that comment thread, the more likely all those people and the person who posted is going to see your post. So if you want to get your post seen by more people and you're posting every day, the way you get it seen by more people is going and commenting on 20 to 50 other people's posts. It Got helps it. if they're in the relevant in the same industry. They start to create synergy there. Um, and something starts to happen. People start to notice you. Why? Yeah. Because you're showing up in all the freaking conversations, right? You're there. Every time they go to a conversation, oh, Dan's already been here, you know? Or... And then they start to wonder why they see my post. But it's like, well, we just had a conversation on this other person's thread, and now you're seeing my post because, well, we were interacting. And LinkedIn's like, oh, yeah, Dan and Rob just had a conversation. I, I should show Dan's bridge. post to Rob. There's, there's a connection there. So there's that. And then there's um, – actually, I forgot the next step, but I'll probably remember sometime. But just engaging with other people's posts – LinkedIn's the only platform that really rewards you and gets your posts out there farther. Got it. All right. Now this is this is interesting because there's something else you can do with LinkedIn 
that's beyond the posting and talking to other people and things like that. Unlike, I think, almost any other social network, LinkedIn has a premium. And I've used it as a sales tool in the past, and I'm just... I want your perspective on this, Dan. Give us the rundown, the ins, the outs, what sucks, what rocks. Is it worth it for a job seeker to look for one of those little gold INs by their name and pay 80 bucks a month for it? Uh, It's got some extra tools in it that are kind of like nice to haves, but... okay. I've, unless you just have a lot of extra money, I I hardly ever recommend paying for it. Interesting. So they maybe did just the... build a tool that was kind of interesting. It's an autoresponder, um, which is new. Um, but mm-hmm. essentially, if someone connects with you, you can actually automatically send them a message without having to pay for a third party SaaS tool to do it for you. Um, so that's now part of premium. Um, or if you connected with them and they accept your connection, you can automatically change it so that a message goes out to them, which is kind of nice. The other only other okay. feature in there that I like is that you can see the full list of people who have viewed your profile, which if you're hunting, that's kind of nice. You know, if the hiring managers come and look at your profile, um, certainly helps you feel better and gives you that little bit of extra encouragement. So it might be worth it just for that. <laughs> sure, I don't know what sure. you I don't know what you do with that because it's not like you go to them and be like, hey, I looked, I thought I saw you look at my profile. Anything you want, it's that's kind of creepy, and I don't think they're going to respond positively. So, is it worth it for those two things? It's certainly not worth it for the little gold badge. I, that doesn't really say anything to me um, as a hiring manager whether they have the sure. gold badge or not. Um, and I guess you can shoot a message to more people. It gives you like five in-mail credits or whatever, so that can be handy if you don't have a lot of connections, which you want to connect with as many people as possible, because it essentially, even if even if the person's not relevant. And they send you a connection request. I say yes to every, almost every connection request, unless they're creepy, or they're from certain countries that I tend not to trust. But I won't say what they are; otherwise, I'll offend some people. <laughs> right, and, and we don't want to offend anybody here. But there are certain asks on Link LinkedIn that you can see, like this is going to be a pitch, or this yep. is going to be something along those lines. And, and I think it's it's fair to say that that they unfortunately. They originate from all over the world, but there is a certain segment of of outsourcing that looks, especially for somebody who's in marketing like yourself. Um, I've actually been getting a lot of it on my profile as well lately of folks saying, hey, we do this. And I'm like, you know, this is just a, like a passion project podcast. I don't have any money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is quite funny. So verdict is LinkedIn premium not a job seeker tool, perhaps in this case, much more of a sales tool for folks who are looking for sure maybe. sales if you're in so. account based marketing, which is a very right. niche segment of marketing. So otherwise I wouldn't pay for it. Fair enough. Well, there you, there you have it folks. There's the answer on LinkedIn premium. We, we promised you that one a while ago and I had, I, I had a feeling it was going to be that because I have my own opinions about it, but it's nice to hear it. Uh, kind of a confirmation there. Okay. Well, Dan, the shoe is on the other foot now. Uh, as the interviewer, I turn over the show to you for just a moment. And just the last bit here, tell us the stuff that we don't know that I didn't ask about how LinkedIn works for folks who are seeking jobs. What did I miss? I've had the opportunity to help a lot of people or a couple of people one-on-one with LinkedIn now. Mm-hmm. So when I've coached even uh, Sweetfish team members who want to become, we have a LinkedIn evangelist program and I'm helping them get started. Um, I think this is probably going to be the most common thing that they run into that I've had to help them with that job seekers are probably run into. And that's you want to approach your LinkedIn posts as a 
two things, one as a student, but also to help people. I wouldn't try to come off as the expert know-it-all, um, come to learn, come to, and come to help. So you don't want to come off as the thought leader who knows it all, always spouting your expertise. You want to come off as being helpful, but you want, yeah, but you want to become off as being helpful. So anything you know in your industry are like common things that people get stuck on. Share like, hey, you ever have this problem? I, I used to have that problem all the time. This is a few things I use, I use to make it work better, you know, or to fix that. So always post content that is helpful for the type of people you want to attract. You have to, again, have clear goals to reverse engineer who you want to attract, but always post useful and helpful information. Now, this can get kind of weird because sometimes you're shooting for a manager role. You need to get seen by directors, director level roles, um, but you can't speak to directors because you've never been a director before. So who are you talking to? Right. Who are you helping? Right. You can't help the person who's hiring you because they're above you. Right. Unless you've been in that position before. Right. So who do you help? Um, in that case, you try to help the people who are at your peer level or who are a step under you. Help them. Trust me, the directors will notice, even though you're reaching out to them and commenting on their stuff and asking them for help, uh, insight, help. Um, it also helps to just, again, look at things like a student. Never come off as like arrogant. I like to ask lots of questions. One of my favorite things to do is to say I, I'm struggling to figure something out. LinkedIn, help me figure this out. Give me your best answer on this. Um, Interesting. And honestly, I find that I actually get more influence because of that, because I'm actually honest about the stuff that I know and the stuff that I honestly don't know. I posted it recently and the post went viral because it was just so many people wanted to pitch in and help. And it was really helpful. I was like, hey, guys, demand gen. It's a marketing topic. I have no idea what it means, actually. <laughs> people have said that I'm a I demand gen marketer. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. Like, let's it's confusing as heck. Can somebody can some of the my my demand gen peeps? Help me figure this out. And lots of people weighed in. We had lots of fun conversations in that post. And mm -hmm. we're, all, we're actually kicking off a series on B2B growth about just that topic because of that post. Um, but don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to also share. But also when you share, try to be as helpful as possible. Share less of your vacations and your personal things. The personal things aren't bad. Like if you love surfing, you share a surfing pic. That's cool. Um, but don't make it all about that. Make 80% of it you helping people. And who don't let it become Facebook, be, who, right? Who were once where you or who you were once, like people who who are a step behind you in the in your in the career chain there. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. That is a really good one. And I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put one more little question on there. Is LinkedIn a personal social network in the way that some others like Instagram and Facebook are? No. No. Totally you can professional. Post personal things. But keep it professional. Keep Got it. keep politics off. <laughs> I think we're all like, dude, if you want politics, you can go to literally any other social platform. Gosh, somebody asked that today on LinkedIn. I'm like, no, please. There's so many options for that. Like, why do you have to come? This is like the last stand for politics is on this platform. And honestly, it's kind of nice. I think the reason why politics never got big on LinkedIn is just because, I don't know, it has like being mean and weird and uh, snarky with people just actually reflects on them professionally in front of their boss and their peers. <laughs> right. So that could cost you a job. So don't get, don't get political. Don't go off about your, uh, those kinds of things. Um, you can share your personal stuff. Like I, I picked a couple of things that were unique to me. 
um, some some of them are widely th- like th- things everybody loves. Like I love Disney. A lot of people love Disney. I love Christmas. Mm-hmm. Every a lot of people love Christmas. I love Yerba Mate. Uh, not as many people talk about that. Right. So I post those things every once in a while. But again, eighty percent helping people, twenty percent things that just make you look human, right? Because, and that's actually a good thing. I'm just remembered now. Your your profile and your post should feel human, and not be so pro- professional that it's like. I don't know, just hard to get a hold of who you actually are. I run into profiles like that all the time where it's just kind of like their whole about section is just like business, 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 business. You're like, oh my gosh, like it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hire that them. person. <laughs> like, tell me some of your personal things. Like, you can share those things, but generally, most of it should be related to business. Because again, if you're trying to attract a certain kind of person, they may or may not be interested in the fact that you're into bass fishing. If they are, then that's going to be a good hook point for them. Um, But they're definitely going to be interested in the things you have to say professionally. Got it. Okay. So, again, we we talked about that in a a past episode, episode 39. Micro-networking is what I called it. Finding that one thing about your hiring manager that is the the real chink in their armor that opens them right up to you. That one thing, again, you said bass fishing, Dan, to say, you know what? We're both fishermen. Let's talk, and, you know, maybe there's something there. Excellent, my friend. Excellent. All right. We're closing out here in just a moment. And Dan, I've, I took a page from uh, from Sweetfish and B2B's book and everything like that. And I'm asking people three questions this season. Everybody gets the same three questions at the end. And they can be one-word answers, or you can expand upon them a little bit. Go from the heart, and we're going to see it all winds up to after about 20 episodes, which is awesome. So you're ready. They're kind of rapid fire. Let's go. What's the number one thing you think is wrong with the way the modern job search works? wrong with how it is for most people mm-hmm. or wrong with how it actually works <laughs> uh, wrong Maybe with both. how most people approach it is they're just kind of spraying and praying and it just doesn't work like that as in they're just filling out lots of job sites and sending out lots of resumes but you have to build relationships got it and that's something that we aren't taught so definitely something to continue to work on and of course teach to people whether it's your friends or your kids or whatever it might be going i think we've covered a lot of really good advanced linkedin stuff here today dan and thank you again for for swinging by and doing that for us so what is the one thing you've seen with the modern job hunt that everyone doesn't do that they should be doing start a podcast start a podcast (laughs) there it is (laughs) Because it's, it, is it the next big thing? Is it literally like starting a a, a blog twenty years ago or a, or a website twenty five? It's years way ago? better than starting a blog. It's, and I was I was late to the podcast game until James Carberry showed me the ropes. I'd literally figured out and mastered almost every other channel in marketing, really, um, that you could use for job job hunting. And I was so sad when I found out that podcasting was as powerful as it is. Look, job hunting we all know is all about who you know. Correct. It's all about the relationships, which is why sending like spamming people with like a hundred resumes across the board and just filling out all these job sites, which is why job hunting feels like hell because it, we know we're all doing the thing that everyone says to do yet. It's not working. Right. And we feel like we've been left out and we haven't been cut the secret. The secret is we know is all relationships, but you're, then you're like, Oh, well, how the heck do I get the relationships? I literally read a book on networking called um, never eat alone. Fantastic. But you'll be like, how do you get your foot in the door? 
The answer is a podcast. It is literally like the cheat code to getting a 60 minute interview with almost anybody you want. Wow. And so it started around the hiring manager's expertise or their job title and you just go interview a bunch of people in that in that job. Use LinkedIn to find them. You can literally go to Google and just if if Google was your thing and put in marketing in the job in the company page and search for all the people who work in marketing and just find the ones you'd like to get to know. Now Google would be harder because those guys are probably getting hit up more, but lots of companies in your city those guys never get reached out to by anybody with any kind of media platform to get interviewed. So when they get asked to be on an interview, they are flattered. Um, and most of them are going to say yes. Right. Even if you only have like five episodes. And the other thing too is, is I think you mentioned a great point there is that you don't have to go after the big, big fish. You don't have to. And, and you, you guys proved this to me with V2B is you guys had Gary Vaynerchuk and Simon Sinek on, on the show and they're not, obscenely popular episodes for for you guys nope. which is kind of wild you, you'd think that somebody who is like the influencer or you know one or one of the two in the marketing space would be like people be all over that but they aren't nope our best really episodes are usually our behind the scenes episodes where we're actually just sharing our own personal learnings Interesting. i know i've I had more people reach out to me on my solo episodes more than any other episodes wow but Absolutely also, awesome. but that's podcasting for right. job hunting, interviewing the people that like and building legitimate relationships with them. Yes. So you're, you know, you're having good messages. You get them scheduled. It's a smooth experience. You have a great conversation. You have a good pre-interview, interview, post-interview. These things aren't hard. Practice with a couple of friends via Zoom and do it a couple of times. It's not like rocket science after you do it a few times. It's just getting on Zoom and ch- chatting and asking them good questions, making them look and feel like rock stars. Afterwards, they're gonna look at they're gonna look at your LinkedIn profile. That's for sure, <laughs> but they're gonna remember you. That's even better. Right. So next question, and it it's one that again I ask. I'm asking this of everybody this this time around, but this one it's because this episode is about this number one LinkedIn tip for job seekers. Number one, more than anything else, engage with the post of the hiring managers. Got it. That's it. Find Alrighty. them on LinkedIn, connect with them, follow, stalk them on their post and comment every single post. I actually created, after I went from just under 1,000 to about 10,000 uh, followers and connections on LinkedIn, I put together a three-part video series on how I did it exactly. No secrets. Like, it's a lot of the same tips I just shared here, but there's a lot more to it. Um, and if you want to see, like, videos of, like, me going in and actually evaluating posts and actually commenting and think how I think about it, um, I made a free video series. You can get it at sweetfishmedia.com slash 10K, and it's numbers 10K. Um, and you can put in your email. It will probably send you podcast emails eventually sometime. Just unsubscribe from those. Just get the three vi- emails that have the videos in them and then call it good. Interesting. Well, a very generous offer there. Somebody, again, a blueprint. That's what we're looking for for a lot of this stuff, which is just outstanding. Any other social media handles other than your LinkedIn profile they should follow you or maybe connect if they're interested? Certainly. LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Digital Marketing Dan. Well, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you down here in Recruiting Hell, my friend. Thank you so much for sitting in the hot seat today. Thank you for having me. As we draw this episode to a close, remember, you are worth more than your work. Your value to society is not dictated by what you do to pay your bills. 
Job hunting is difficult, no matter your age, gender, location, or background, and it's both acceptable and to your benefit to seek every bit of help in conquering this challenge. For more from Recruiting Hell, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player or our YouTube channel, and don't forget to leave a review of the show if your podcast platform allows it. It's tremendously helpful. Connect with Rob via LinkedIn. Be sure to visit recruiting-hell.com to subscribe to our newsletter. And of course, follow the show all across social media. Just look for the orange and blue flame logo. Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios and is proudly made in Wisconsin. Lastly, be sure to visit and support our sponsors. They make it possible to do this show and make it better every single week. Remember, your job hunt is a marathon, not a sprint. And Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, it's Rob. Are you looking for a new opportunity in an up-and-coming industry that can help you get out of recruiting hell? Coinlist, one of the fastest-growing companies in the cryptocurrency space, is hiring. That's right, they not only support this show because they believe in it, but they believe that there's great talent to be found in this audience. Generous comp, great flexibility, incredible benefits, a strong culture, and a powerhouse team sound like a fit for you? Head to www.coinlist.co slash jobs and apply today. That's www.coinlist.co slash jobs. And be sure to let them know that you found them here on Recruiting Hell.